on this episode of Quantum Week, January 4th through 10th, 1998. Quantum Week. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year, and we talk about the movies and music and headlines and stories, and we are in our third episode for Patreon, talking about January 1998 with Jackie Brown and Smack My Bitch Up by The Prodigy. That's right. Uh, I guess a couple uh, quick things. Uh, first off, we probably will start seeing some ads in the next few episodes. Yeah. Um, uh, hopefully moving forward for the rest of the episodes moving forward, period, it would be great. Yep. But the Patreon shows will always stay ad-free. So if you're listening to this, you know, these Patreon shows will never have ads. Yeah. So just an FYI on that. It's just another, I think, good, nice, I guess, thing yeah but it's good for the show we're starting to get enough listeners where you know starting to make sense hopefully some companies come aboard do some ads so that's really encouraging sign for very encouraging yeah um second thing is we have a we want to start doing like a maybe a mailbag try it out just for some audience interaction yeah um and we figure let the patreon people know first so what's the email address if anyone wants to the quantum week at gmail.com so all spelled out the quantum week so do you have any like comments or questions um, you can shoot them there. Pretty much, I guess anything goes. Yeah, we might start doing like one a show. We'll see how we don't know. Yeah, we don't we're know. just trying it out. Um, so we'll just kind of see how that goes. But yep. if you have any questions or if you have any comments, I I'm I'll just be honest. I mean, the Patreon show is a little bit more. I like doing these. They're a little bit more relaxed. <laughs> um, so like I, I'm a little hesitant on like the value of it, honestly, because part of me is like, well, like that's what kind of like what Twitter's for. Like yeah, exactly, Twitter's yeah. a lot of interaction. We have good interaction there. Or maybe we have some people who listen that aren't on Twitter that, or maybe aren't comfortable like being right. on Twitter that maybe want to reach out this way. So I guess we'll try it out and see how it goes. I, it might not be a regular thing. I don't know, but it's, what is it? The quantum week at gmail.com. That's correct. So we'll see if you have anything. Feel free. Obviously you can still reach out to us on Twitter. Oh yeah. And if you forget, right. If you forget what it is, then just reach out and I'll, I'll give you the, the, uh, the Gmail address again. Uh, and some people maybe just want to hear their question heard on air, which I guess is probably different than Twitter too. So sure. yeah, I, we'll, we'll try it out. The other thing is, um, and I'm really excited for this, is so for Christmas, we are going to do a uh, like a fan-picked movie. So not a fan-picked week, because that's like the special, the two right, guys yeah. that got the Patreon. You know? It's too much. Um, so it's just, you get to pick one movie, but it's still pretty cool. So we'll do... We'll do a movie like whatever wins these polls is gonna is gonna win. Now, now can it be any time period too? Does that matter? Ha, no, it has to be within the time period of our show. Okay, it's so last forty years basically. Because I'm gonna yeah. build a week around whatever movie gets I see. picked. So yeah, so it has to be in the last from November '79 on. Um, you have to pick a movie. Um, so here's so I want to give you guys a heads up. So don't tweet at us yet because it's not live yet. But as when does our show pop up on Wednesdays? What time in the morning? Five in the morning. Okay. Yeah. So starting at six in the morning on Wednesday we'll start accepting nominations. How are you going to, so you'll just see the order of appearance. I see. Okay. Right. So how it's going to work is I want, and we're going to talk about obviously more on Wednesday's show, but we want to give you guys a heads up. Yeah. So starting Wednesday at six, we'll take nominations. Um, how it works is, you know, we're trying to also raise awareness to the show. So, you know, tweet at the show. Don't like, don't do like at Qu- quantum week, like have like a little period first or Hey, quantum week. So, so everyone can hopefully yeah, see yeah, it. Yeah. Um, I want to nominate this movie. And then make sure you just tag me as well. I'm at QE Chris. And then I'm going to create a little spreadsheet. And it's the first 16 nominations that come in are eligible. And then after that won't be really anything. Go. Does it have to, it has to have hit the movie theaters. What's what's uh has to be a movie in the movie theaters. Does it have to have hit the top 10? In the Ideally. Theaters? Ideally. Okay. Uh, yes. 
I mean, most I movies expect, that you know. Everyone knows what it'll look. Just throw a movie at me. If for some reason it's like way crazy, but your nomination's in there, I might just reach, I'll just send you a DM. Yeah, okay. That just send good. a movie. It's okay. I'm just thinking like if people put some flexible. sort of porn movie on there. Yeah, we're, we're, we're not, we, yeah, we can't. Yeah. yeah, it's gotta be, sorry. Hit the theaters. Yeah. Like. But um, most people would just, the movies that you can think of are probably gonna Yeah, qualify. I'm gonna be pretty, yeah, the only, yeah, some like hardcore, <laughs> right. hardcore like probably Faces not. of death. Yeah, I mean, we're probably not, not. You know, I mean, it doesn't yeah, make sense. I can, anything you give me though, I will look, and if it did hit the top 10, I'll, we'll do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we'll put those, and then how it's going to work is the first week in December, each day we're going to have one poll of four movies. So so before, be 16 movies, right? So four yep. days of of polls. And then that would leave us with four movies because each day some movie would win. Yeah, we, yeah. And then the second week we'd have that one big poll for the for the final movie. Right. Um, so yeah, I think it's just a fun way to kind of do a Christmas thing without being too super Christmassy about it. I like it. That'll be fun. It'll be fun to see what people offer up. Oh, and then one last thing about the Patreon too. Uh, so we might, you might start seeing just, I mean, there's going to be no rhyme or reason to it. I know like, for instance, there may be some shows that pop up on the feed. Like we we might use this for some. Yeah. Might just add some extra content. You always get this extra show. You always right. get their show, but you might get some bonus stuff on top of that. If we're trying stuff out or if we, you'll see, for instance, next month we have something planned already. Um, that's going to be kind of a bonus thing. So, yeah. um, so just, you know, be aware there might be some bonus things that pop up on here. Um, I think that's it. That's I think that's cover. it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's about yeah. it. So, uh, think about, so the only reason I brought that up is always, is just to give you guys some extra time to think about what movie you'd want to, uh, us to do. And then, uh, Wednesday at 6am just you know, we'll start going. Let's go. Uh, cool. Jackie Brown, Jackie Brown. I know this is a exciting day for you to talk about this. Yeah. So this is, and so yes. So I love this movie to an insane degree. Um, I love not, this film too. You love it too. Yeah, I mean, it's a great film. Um, this is not going to make, we're not going to do the shows in the top five that are Patreon shows. Have we decided against that? I think We so. should talk about it. Let's, can we talk, let, let's, let's think about that a little bit because I see the pros and cons of that. I do too, but yeah. I don't think it's bad to do it. I think we've covered the movie. Let's talk about it. And if people see, if people see, oh, you covered Jackie Brown that's in your top five, presumably, um, where can I get that episode? Well, it's on the Patreon. Okay. You can find it there. I think, I think it makes more sense to put it in there than not. All right. It should hit. All right. So if it does, then it is in my top five. Yeah. It's, it's below Goodwill Hunting, which is the show we just covered. Yeah. Uh, which is, this is, you know, why I chose this week. It's right. two of my absolute favorite movies. Uh, I'm doing, I'm drawing, I love this movie so much. So I, I'm drawing up a list right now of my top 100 movies. Like personally, yeah. I'm just having some fun just making a list. And like, I'm still early on in the process, but like both these movies are in my top 15. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Like that's how much I love this movie. I love this movie so much. Um, but you haven't said whether you're going to put it ahead of Pulp Fiction yet. Is it because you haven't decided? I have a below Pulp Fiction. I changed You have my mind. a below Pulp Fiction. Yeah. I, Me when too. I, when I was a kid, after I saw, okay, so like in like the first decade of the 2000s, I liked this more than Pulp Fiction. But I wonder if I was just saying, like, I feel like, I don't know, I was saying that almost to go against the grain. I, not intentionally, not even consciously, but I just feel like it was just kind of happening. You were looking for it because it was different than Pulp Fiction. Plus, so just, different. And I just like talking about Jackie Brown one Pulp Fiction because everyone talked about Pulp Fiction right. and no one talked about Jackie Brown. Right, right, right. But having said that though, this is in his tier, in my mind, of his excellent films. Like it's his, his like most elite films. This is an elite film. Um, but the question for me, it's definitely below Pulp Fiction for me, but the question for me is whether it's a plant's um, road to perdition or not. I'm not sure yet. That's such a beautiful film. It's hard for me to, it's hard. That's so hard. I'm, I'm a, how about we Tarantino? Let's walk through Tarantino's yes. uh, greatest films. Okay. And we'll, we'll talk more in depth of the movie in a second. But I just want to kind of get a larger scope of, of where this fits in greatness. Yeah. So Tarantino's my favorite director. Um, Pulp Fiction's his best movie. Yeah. This is, in my opinion, 
his, maybe his second best. That and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I'm having a really... Those three movies to me are by far his best. Interesting. I definitely rate... I, I really like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, too. And I look forward to seeing that again. Me too. But Jackie Brown's better, in my mind. This is a complete film. And I think the length is what what hurts it a little bit sort of drawn out too much in the, in the, in uh, once upon a time in Hollywood. Oh. And I know this is a longer film, but it never feels like never it's sort of, it. it is kind of brooding, but it's so like you, yeah, you're just in love with it. The entire I think time. it moves it's, lightning fast. Now it, when this it does move fast, when this came out uh, and even a few years after a big critique of this movie was that it was too drawn out, especially in that third act with yes. the shopping mall. Yep. So you have the, the shopping mall scene. I'm sorry. At the end with that, where you see the three different points of view. Yep. I think it's great. I think it's great. I love it. But when I saw it at first, I didn't, I didn't, I, the problem was for, I didn't like this film when it came out or it's not like I didn't like it. I just didn't. I was like, okay, that's all right. And it's because and that was pretty much the normal reaction. Honestly, it's, it's because, I mean, when you see something like Pulp Fiction, which is so, which is so fucking intense, I saw Pulp Fiction first and then I went back and saw Res Dogs and I was like, oh shit, this is really intense did the same thing. Right. So then you've got this picture in your head of what Tarantino is. And then he comes up with this and it's so different. This is a way more refined film, though. This is like, this shows you his greatness. It does. I mean, for him to be able to make this so amazing and look so amazing, and and even the pacing, like, it's so enthralling, even with the pacing, even though it's a slower film, It that that's like artistic genius to be able to do that. Uh, I got, but I, I didn't get that at the time. I got some shit um, when I said, during the Pulp Fiction episode, I said that Reservoir Dogs is a poorly directed film. I stand by that. Yeah. And I said that, I don't think Pulp Fiction is a well-directed film. I stand yeah. by that as well. This is the first movie that he made that is a, uh, like a great- Elite level. A greatly, I wouldn't director. say elite level. You I'd don't think great. it's elite level? I think he hits Jesus. elite level from a directing only point of view, not screenplay. I think he does. With Kill Bill. I think he does crazy stuff in I think Kill Bill is, Kill Bill's, is, is, yeah. is, is better yeah. directed than this. Um, but this is- this is this is this this could be a week. I I shouldn't. I maybe maybe it is there. It's right on that brink. I yeah. definitely do see um a uh even he's so good though man. He just gets better and better. He does. Like I noticed doing an improvement between this and Kill Bill from a, simply just a visual oh, and yeah. how it's shot um standard. Yeah. But I think there's like almost like a um just as there is a giant leap in my opinion between Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction from a directing standpoint. Absolutely. There's also a giant leap between Pulp Fiction and this from a, just a directing standpoint. It's a leap. I don't know. I mean, I am way more forgiving of the directing in, in Pulp Fiction than you are. I, I still think that's really phenomenal. But this is def, this is a more, ref, it's more refined. That's that's how I say it. It's like, it's more refined. Speaking of that, like refinement. So one, this movie deals with aging. Yeah. That's what the movie's about. Now, when Terrence Newell who's still a very young man, and he doesn't really visit this topic again until Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Right. Um, it's funny that he would choose this because this is not a context that a, I think a young director would pick. It's a movie about two older people. He must have just been so in love with the style and Greer. Um, I think just, he loved Elmore Leonard. When he picked yeah, it up, he and bought- Yeah, that's the other thing. When he went and got the rights to this, um, it was he bought three at the same time and he was going to do a different Elmore Leonard book. Uh, Kill shot, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. But he instead reread Rum Punch and he's like, you know what? I just love this book so much. I, I just got, it just really called out to him and that's why he went ahead with it. This is the only movie Tarantino has done where it's based on somebody else's work. That's right. And he I, did write the screen, the screenplay though. Yes, yeah. right. But it's based, but from, it's, right. a, it's from an existing yes. um, book. Uh, every other thing that Tarantino really has ever really done he has, has been c- completely original. Yeah. It's very strange to me that he didn't, he must have just loved this thing so. I mean, he did. He says it. I love. I, I love this book so much. Like, I know that it. That's. I've never. Re- have you read the book? I've not. 
I mean, it might be a good one to go back to if, to just to see what enthralled him so much. Like, well, you know, yeah. what made him put the pen down, basically. I, I've tried a couple of Elmore Leonard. It's not quite for me. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I I could always go back and revisit it. I mean, everyone raves about him. He has the same, like, anytime it's an Elmore Leonard, like, out of sight is so good. Yeah. Like, that movie is fantastic. Soderbergh, which Ray Nicolette is also in that. He's in this. Oh, yeah, that's right. Michael Keaton plays both characters. is uh, the same character in both movies. I think it's really cool. Universe that's right. Dying. That's a wonderful movie. Um. So like anytime it's Elmore Leonard type thing, I get I'm like, gosh, that's, that's cool. Yeah. I, I just have something about the way uh, his, his writing style doesn't hundred percent appeal to me. But, um, so Tarantino did adapt. This is the only said adapted thing he's done. Um, and it's a quieter film. Oh than, yeah. Than anything he's done. Um, probably, ever. probably. I think it is right. There's yeah. nothing as quiet as this movie. I don't think so. No, no. Cause he explodes in the next one with kill bill. It's like so huge. Right. And then you have, you know, Glorious Bastards and Maybe Django Hateful is... Hateful Eight is quiet. I don't it's know, all in a room. I know, they're, yeah, I, I, know, guess, I know. Right, it's setting-wise yeah. to some extent, but I think that it's just a... Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, Grindhouse is just kind of nonsense. I almost yeah. kind of pretend it doesn't exist. And then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is, is a sweeping epic. Yeah. Right, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Robert Forster. Okay, um, totally makes sense why he's one of your favorite characters. He is phenomenal in this film. He's so good. I love this character. It's almost like he's not acting. Exactly. Like it's, he seems like my great uncle, my grand, my gramps basically at this point. Like I, I love this guy to be my gramps. The way he says the lines and the way he, his facial expressions, it is so real. So real. It really like, it's, it's you really be, impressive to watch. You totally believe that he is a bail bondsman 15 years in that he's seen a lot of shit. He just, you know, I, he's such a straight shooter. He's like, I don't have time for bullshit. I'm just going to say it how it is. I'm just going to live my life this way. And so, but you totally buy that character. You absolutely buy him as that character. I even love that he goes to movies by himself. Yeah, he would. He is a, Max, he's, he's Max a lonely guy. Movie by himself. Yeah, he's a lonely guy. I mean, right. comfortable with himself, but he's like. But he is lonely. Yeah, I, you don't see wife, girlfriend, kids. I mean. No pictures. No. The picture, in fact, the picture he has on the wall is him and his coworker. That's right. Um, so stuff like, so those little touches like that to show someone's lonely without saying I'm lonely is such great filmmaking. It's so smart. It treats the audience with so much respect. And uh, it's just a nice, like just to show someone leave a movie theater by themselves, which yeah. I've got a bunch of movies by myself. I always myself a lonely person, but I'm the kind of guy that if I want to go see a movie, I'll just go by myself. Me like, too. It, it's fine. Yeah. Like movies are kind of solitary experiences anyway. Right. Cause you're not talking and you're just kind of watching. So I, I would go to movies. I've probably seen as many movies by myself as I have with somebody else. I go, all, I used to go all when movies were a thing. I used to go all the time. Um, but just that one shot of him leaving by himself. Yeah. And then if you notice, he kind of gently holds the door for somebody. He does. You see everything you need about the Max Sherry character in that like five second shot yep. with no dialogue. It's like, oh, Tarantino's a genius. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Like he gets, even though Tarantino's a weird fucking guy, like he gets humans. He absolutely does. Yeah. He's not quite one or he's he, outside of it a little and bit. And he understands a middle-aged man as a 30 like something. An early 30 something guy. Yeah. Very, I, that, the, and then the gentleness with that character and then how he writes uh, some of the more sensitive elements of Jackie Brown. Sure. Uh, that conversation um, they have uh, in, in Jackie's apartment when he goes back to return the gun and he's asking her questions about how she got another gun. <laughs> yes. She's trying to be shrewd about it and eventually they just sit down and just have an honest talk. He's like, how do you feel about getting older? Yeah. Um, and he's like, well, you know, I didn't like my hair falling out. So I did something about just, it and makes me feel better. And yeah, but it, it was just like, it was such a casual, honest way. how human beings speak. It wasn't like a, they didn't need jokes in there. It wasn't like, it was just, 
fascinating to watch two middle-aged people just have a discussion. You can even tell his affection for her in that conversation too. Oh, I mean, totally. you, you see it, you see it in the beginning because, you know, Tarantino makes a point the first time he yes, sees her, he's like, a thrall. Yeah. that's not subtle. But if you take that out of there, you know that she would get his care for her during that conversation too. I mean, he's subtly telling her that she's beautiful, that she looks great, that she has nothing to worry about, like that she's aging gracefully. She's, he's just really kind without being um, like gross in any way. He's just such a gentleman and kind. I love how it shows, because Jackie, obviously Pam Grier, a very beautiful woman. Yes. That's, you know, in yeah. younger days and now, I love how, you know, they show her kind of getting older, but then they do show her though, as her, I'll talk about status in a second, but sure. as her status increases, yes. they show her actually getting, she gets like, she gets more dolled up. She does. The more power she gets. Yep. Uh, and contrast that to Samuel L. Jackson, who the more, oh, he gets his hair weirder, goes, right? Just watch his hair. I know his hair. The more wild his hair is, the less control he has. Exactly, and he's losing status. Um, but yeah, watch the way that like um, Max. I don't say hits on her, but like kind of flatters her, and then watch the way that Ordell kind of flatters her when they're in that bar. Yes, it's like you know, damn, Jackie, so abrasive. You must need some and, N-word repellent in this right. place. Um, <laughs> yes, right. You know, like he's. The way he does it is differently than the way Max does it, but they're all kind of like around that same age group. They I are. Did, it was really interesting to to watch that that those relationships. I wonder if other people will feel the same way about Max as you and I do. For me, I value some. I, I there's little that I value more than someone being a straight shooter. Someone telling you, not just being honest. I mean, I value honesty, of course. It's, it's one of the highest things, but also like telling you where they're at. I know so many so many people in my life who've sort of tried to manipulate situations by they'll, they'll, they'll hint at things they'll want. They don't want They feel uncomfortable asking me for something that they want. So they'll hint at it, yes. hoping that I will guess what they want. And I, I have like zero tolerance for those games anymore. Like I can't handle that shit. I value straight shooter. Like it's to such a high degree. And he's the fucking epitome of that. He'll just be honest, tell you what he just till he is what he, he is what he claims to be. It's, Fucking awesome. Yeah, there's no games with Max No games. Jerry. Yeah, he he kind of just, he doesn't have time. He doesn't, also doesn't want to deal. He's just, he's just older. He doesn't want to deal with bullshit. <laughs> to deal with it. And you can totally see why Jackie Brown falls in love with him too, because yes. he's a complete rock in this stormy, stormy environment, this crazy environment. She knows immediately she can trust this guy. And he's not trying to be anything he's not. He's no. very comfortable being Max Cherry. Right, which is different than Ordell, who's like trying to, you know, I'm this criminal mastermind. I've got all this money telling everybody. Shit, I got bitches all over town. Like he's trying to, you know, prove that he's this amazing, yes. you know, fucking criminal. But meanwhile, all of his underlings don't really respect him. None at all. Like maybe the, maybe the, you know, Lewis kind of stupid. Lewis kind of does, but like no one else, everyone else kind of like, yeah, they but see. then look at the way that um, Winston treats Max. Winston really loves Max and cares yes. for Max as a, as a boss. Yeah. Um, so it's funny how like the straight how Max has all this respect doesn't really ever beat his chest about it. Just kind of has it. And then Ordell is the one always kind of flaunting around like a peacock. Yes. And he doesn't have very much respect. Lewis looks up to Ordell because he's a complete low life. Like he is the most. He's like dumb, dumber, and more of a low life than fucking Ordell. So of course he looks up to him. But that's it. The Lewis character is fantastic. Um, yeah. It, yeah it, it, De Niro plays it. Are you, perfect? I mean, even the way we're he, not used to seeing De Niro playing a low life like this. No, a low so status it, character. Exactly. Uh, and uh, look at the way even he hangs a phone up. Like he, I know, I know. He, like, he struggles high. with the cord. He's high and he's fumbling. And he's like, <laughs> he's fumbling. Like he can't do anything right. No. Like this guy is such a fuck up. And, and De Niro plays it like never 
it's never too much. Never. It's very like quiet stupidity. And it's so much fun to watch. I've seen a bunch of people high trying to like trying to do shit. And he's exactly that. He's that same, that same scene. He's calls up. I figured he's calling up. Maybe it might be Simone or something. He's trying to call him up and there's no answer. He's just zoned and he out. He just zones out. And he's like, Hey, <laughs> is anyone there? He's like, Oh no, no one's there. But he's in the phone for like three minutes. He's like, like hearing it. It must hear a ring for like three minutes. Where was he? Or Dell's got to like teach them lesson of I don't get high until it's in the evening. I get my work done first. He has to teach these people this shit. It's yeah. so funny. Yeah. Lewis is uh, is su- such a disaster. Such a disaster. Uh, However, when he shoots Melanie, yeah. I am psyched. I am like, I, for, I just, I couldn't help being like, yes, kill the bitch. <laughs> She's Lewis. Just, Lewis. <laughs> she is so diabolical. Bridget Fonda is so good in this. She's awesome in this. She, she plays that role perfectly. It's just, you know, she has fun with it. Yes. Um, she is, she's having a blast. So mean, so mean, so, like, so annoying. It's such a childish, annoying so way. Great. It's amazing. So and you can tell good. she's like a really pretty girl. It's probably always gotten her way. Yes. So she's used to kind of just, just <laughs> doing whatever she wants and letting the world Spoiled deal with it, you know, and then Lewis just has enough. Push me too far. Yep. Dead. And, <laughs> and she's, you know, pushing around the wrong kind of people. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. That's ultimately, and I think that, you know, she has no excitement in her life. She's all she does is get high and watch TV all day. Yeah. So finally she has, you know, so, so she probably the excitement is pushing these buttons. That's her only excitement. And you know, so let's see how far I can take it, how far I can take it. But she's pissed at him it. too, because he won't rip Ordell off too. So exactly. she's already annoyed with him. So, yeah. uh, yeah, Bridget fine. The supporting cast this is just amazing. Everyone. There's not one like Michael Keaton. Michael Bowen is great. Yeah, I think. Oh, I love Keaton when he's. I love Keaton's walk when he struts yeah. and he chews gum. That Keaton walk is so fucking amazing. He's, he's just cocky. slightly cocky. Yeah, I love. I, yeah, Michael and, K, I and, love him. Uh, and he's he's everyone. Everyone is cast so perfectly. Uh, I mean, Tarantino is the master of that anyway. I have one nitpick, All right. and that is Sharonda. Just it's too far. She's in this potato sack dress, and we, like she, it's just too. I've never seen someone that not capable like how did she so she right so she comes from the deep south and she wants to go to hollywood right but she found her way out there like this character would never have found her way out there she would not i've heard of stories like that though i mean but not that dumb not well she's stoned like he's just feeding her drugs i don't think she was like that in the mall though she was just she was completely like shell-shocked in the mall by the time, right, when you see her in the apartment. She's like, I think her brain's all ruined from all the drugs, though. I don't think that we were at drug. I don't think we were at that well, point Well, she had been yet. taking drugs. She probably was just sober that day, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like no, cause, the no, first time she took drugs. She would have acted differently. She would have been itchy. She would have been spastic. Um, she wasn't that way. She was deer in headlights. She was just dumb. I've seen that look before. Uh, <laughs> so do you have a problem with the casting? Just had the rules written then. No. Um, Oh, I don't know. I get maybe just the roles. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe both. I mean, the actors didn't do a bad job. I so guess, to get Hamilton. She was in the practice. And a few other things. Okay, she, she, so maybe that wasn't actress. her fault. So then maybe it was just the way it was written. Yeah, I thought the character was that wasn't I, that was too much. I thought it was I, that was funny how like at the end she's just sitting on the couch, she just zoned that out. That was like, fine. Like, I, I don't mind. By the time you there was the mall scene, I had the issue with. I like the character of Simone. Like this, I, I like this world. Uh, Beaumont, um, uh, Chris oh, Beaumont's great. That's awesome. Um, that scene. There's amazing scenes in this film. That is an amazing scene. You watch Ordell yes. convince Beaumont to get in a trunk. Right. And to see the step-by-step process of, hey, I did you a favor. Yep. And, you know, and, and basically basically get him to agree. Yeah, you did, you bailed me out. And yeah, you were so good to me. And yada. 
to get him to do something that he would never, like he's claustrophobic. You have to think to yourself too, if you're not, if you're a somewhat aware person, this guy's going to be afraid that I'm going to turn on him and he wants me to get in a trunk. He's probably going to shoot me in the fucking head. Like you have to think of that. I don't think sense. he did. You though. don't think he did? He didn't seem too worried about that. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, ugh. but anyway, so he still had to build enough trust yeah, you, to I get mean, him in that it trunk. Was a gr- it's a great, it's a wonderfully written scene because you literally, you see someone get manipulated. Like, yes. Like from, you know, zero to 60. It's, it's what great. Does it, what does it is the fucking chicken and waffles. The chicken and waffles. <laughs> Roscoe's chicken and waffles gets him in the yeah, it's 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 a it's a wonderful it's a wonderful scene. It, it's uh, uh, and uh, Samuel Jackson awesome. does not get enough credit for how great he is in this in this role. He's great. He's he's you know him Forster. You know we had uh, in the Google Hunting. We talked about Robin Williams, obviously, yep. and Ben Affleck. I mean, you talk about a stacked. And so what we're gonna do at the end of the episode is we'll or uh, or maybe at the end of the segment rather we'll talk about our top movies from 1997. 1997, yeah. a secretly just like stacked huge year movie year. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And but supporting actor category in particular is just amazing. Right. It's so crazy, man. So I, I, I promised myself I won't do it. <laughs> I held off until this movie. This is what our episode, like 78th episode. Yeah. So I never look at the Golden Globes. The Golden Globes make me very angry because mm. the Golden Globes are, are by the Hollywood Foreign Press. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, and it's... Wait, the, did you call the Hollywood Foreign Press? That's who does the Golden Globes. Oh, okay. So it's it's there. It's the international press. It's people coming from across the world who yeah, are. Yeah, I don't really know how it all works. Some of it also includes. I don't know. Like, I don't know what the jurisdiction is or how it all press, works. Yeah. But the Hollywood Foreign Press famously okay. loves uh, big stars. Yeah. That they always lean. There's a big star. They'll get nominated. It's just a thing. And the Golden Globes don't really mean anything. They do and they don't. Like they give some sort of indication, but it's not really a good measuring stick. Sure. It only exists to piss me off. It, oh, I swear <laughs> to God. It that's only, why they, that's the only reason they're there is to make me angry, especially from a historical context. Anytime it happens in real time, I'm just excited for movie awards. I'm like, all right, let's go. And right. I kind of like let it go. But when I go back and look and see how wrong they got it, I get like pissed. <laughs> so like Robert Forster didn't get nominated. Oh, fuck them. Um, however, they're going to go, they get it right though. Cause they did nominate Pam Greer. And okay. the Oscars didn't. I know. That's a weird one, too. I know. Pam Greer was phenomenal in this film. She is so good in this film. Golden Globes also nominated Samuel Jackson and did not nominate Robert Forster. So, yeah. and then I then I then end up getting me mad at the Oscars all over again. Like, so, yeah. like, two, oh, yeah. two in the morning last night, I'm all angry. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I got to stop looking at the Golden Globes. Was like, go to bed. Off. I go to bed. Well, no, that doesn't happen. Quite okay. Yet, but, um, but uh, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I was just annoyed. Like, yeah. You know, the Golden Globes always did that to me, but. This movie, I was remember we talked about it on the Golden, on the Goodwill Hunting episode was like, all right, so let's say Titanic never exists. It wouldn't. I said Jackie Brown. It wouldn't have been Jackie Brown. It would have been Boogie Nights and Ephesot. Probably. Uh, looking back, I was just looking at the awards that they had gotten. I went back and read some articles, uh, and I was like trying to just to piece that puzzle together. And it seems like uh, Boogie Nights was the sixth person invited to the dance that yeah. they just missed. They would not have beaten Goodwill Hunting for Best Picture. This looks. This age is better than most of the other films. This age, this I think. This age is better, even than Boogie Nights, I think. I disagree. You think so? I disagree a lot. Uh, Boogie Nights, I think, ages so well only because it's a, uh, it's not it's a historical time, time period. period. So that that that's, that's evergreen. Um, I just think there's a lot more di- like the no. The problem is it's it's Tarantino. It's the two films he did prior to this. That's why I think it ages better because you see his career, and so then you, now you're like, okay, now I'm used to Tarantino in this way. You think this age is better than Goodwill Hunting? Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. I don't at all. I just think this would be I, I don't think this, this would be misunderstood in the time. I misunderstood and from because I misunderstood oh, you, it. I guess Do you see what I mean? I don't mean ages yeah. like it looks all right. Because I, I was thinking the whole movie takes place in a fucking mall. So yeah. this doesn't age very well. Yeah, that's not what I mean. What I mean is like it 
you, with context of time, knowing Quentin Tarantino, looking back, this film is. That's is what better. I'm told, but I, I just, that's not how I. Well, you didn't have that same experience. We, I love this movie when I saw it. So I was I like, not. and most people didn't. So I remember like when, like during the Oscar season of this year, I was getting pissed off because I'm like, where is all the Jackie Brown love? Where's yeah. all the Forrester love? Because I'm like, I don't get what's, why they're missing out on this. It, it, it really just spoke to me. I mean, uh, and then I'm thinking like, well, do I just hold Tarantino too high of a standard? But I, I don't. No, maybe I do. If I do, then I'm just going to hold the rest of my no, life. You because... were fucking right. I was, I was conditioned to think that this was going to be an act like a crazy film. Like his last two crazy, like fucking crazy, unbelievable film, not unbelievable. Oh, good, like, but unbelievable. Like, holy shit film. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is different. This is like a yeah. not, that's not the same. Um, Roger, but I love this movie. I know four stars. four stars, a really glowing review. Yeah. Um, he, he really nailed it. Uh, it is funny. This is the movie that people forget about. Like, you know, this, I guess, Hateful Eight and Grindhouse are kind of the forgotten films of Tarantino if there is such a thing. Um, so this is your, is this your third? So we, so this is my third, this is my second or third favorite Tarantino movie. It's hard. It's, it's hard for me. I don't know. I like Hateful Eight a lot more than most people do. I wouldn't put it above this. I really love Kill Bill. I really love those films. Like, I love, that has everything that I need. Do you like Kill Bill more than this? <sighs> I don't know. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I really love this film. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, it's been a while since I've seen Kill Bill. I'm, this is definitely better than Kill Bill, but I, I could easily, I, I would, I would love to do a Kill Bill rewatch. That would be fantastic. I'm sure we'll get to it. Well, yeah, because we're going to do the thing where it, no matter if it hits you the weeks. So we have like yeah, a even better we'll chance. Both of them, that'd yeah. be great. Um, I, I don't really, I, I mean, another movie I love. I mean, uh, I, I don't really have any else to add. I don't think. Do you? I, we can get our top movies of no, it was, no, I think I got pretty much. Oh yeah. The only thing yeah, Jackie walking. Jack. So, the, so, so the beginning yes. is, um, it's such an amazing. So the beginning is you see, uh, Jackie, she's, a uh, she's on a, a moving sidewalk in an airport and you see all the blue tiles behind her. Um, and is it 101st street playing in the bed? There's across 110th street. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's being played that scene. She is like, she's being carried. She's not, she's not walking. Right. Like the world is fucking walking her. And then by the time she does get to walk, she's sprinting because she's late. Um, that is she, an homage to the graduate. Yeah, it is. But still you look at that versus how she is in the wall. Like at another walking scene in the mall later on where she is under her own um, vote. Like she's moving herself. She is confident. She's not running anywhere. She's like fucking taking control of her own life. You see what I mean? Yeah. In the beginning, Life has got her by the balls and fucking taking like take. She has no. She's got like no control. And by but by the end of the film, it's my control. It's my life. Well, it's I all love about, those walks. It's all about status. Yes, uh, and it's a big thing in improv is status. So when you walk into a scene, if you kind of know what your status is, that can direct you. So are you a low status, and what low status might just mean is are you someone that like? Do you feel like you're the most important person in the room, kind of thing, or do you have higher status? You know who's in charge. So it's not even just importance room. It's also just familiarity. So like for instance, like we tape this at Matt's house. Like Matt has higher status. I'm a pretty confident guy, yeah. but we're in Matt's house. So Matt is going to have higher status than me uh, just because it's his house. Right. It's just how it goes. But the more I come to Matt's house, now if another person came, like for instance, Laura's come by a couple of times. Right. Uh, and when Laura comes by, I have a higher status than her because I'm more comfortable more in his house. Yeah. So a lot of his comfortability, a lot of it can be like a boss employee, like uh, Max is higher status than, than Winston does. Yep. And so, and, but this movie kind of plays with status a lot. And um, I said the greatest thing is, is the wardrobe choices by Jackie. Sure. There's one at one point where Jackie's dressed exactly like Rodell. Oh, really? She even has the Congo hat. 
She's dressed uh-huh. exactly like Ordell. And then there, uh, and then Ordell, like I said, was the hair yeah. is, is the greatest. It, that, that is such great. And by the end, it's just wild. It is wild. And, and cause he's lost complete control. But when you first meet him, his hair is very tight. Um, and, and you know, even yeah. his beard is very tight. Everything's like very, it's, it's very neat. And yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and by the end, he's you know, a mess. Watch the, the first scene, uh, when Ordell meets Max. Ordell walks and look at even the way he's sitting in the chair. Yes. He has higher status than Max does in that scene, even though it's in Max's office, which shows you what a fucking kind of guy Ordell is. Right. Um, yeah, because he's totally relaxed there. But Ordell I mean, he's, ha- and he's smoking a cigarette without ever asking. Right. Like he's just he's doing a good example it. Yeah. of status. Right. So you can see that he has kind of the power in the room. Which is uh, when Greer's in the, with the police, um, she tries to smoke and they don't let her. Right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but eventually they do out of them. Want to be your friend? Do. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, so it's a lot, a lot of playing with that, which I love character and I love Stannis. Um, it's another big reason I kind of love doing improv. But like, but those things are also things I really value and love in movies. And I just love honesty and like the honesty of those characters. Is so great. So, okay, question: uh, Do you think that Jackie turned the car around to go? See I think Max? they end up. Yeah, I think they end up. Well, I think I th- or he reaches out. I mean, at the end of the film, he realizes. Wait a minute what the fuck am I doing taking another bond? Like, I'm just going to, I hang up the phone. Like what's important to me is Jackie Brown just left the house. I, I, I think they end up. They I end don't. Up to, you don't. I wish they did. But I don't. Think I think they, they end up together. I, I don't. They I don't. both think about it. Well, they both are thinking about it hard, but I don't think they do. I think they do. I don't see Max Cherry hanging out in Spain. Max, no, <laughs> Max knows that this is no, no, but she'll, she'll come back or they'll go somewhere else. I mean, he, he's wrapping up this period. We already know he's wrapping up this life, right? And he decided to wrap up this life because of her. Yes, he did. So what is he going to do? He's, it does, I don't, maybe he's had a meaningful relationship in his life, but he certainly never talked about it. Doesn't have any kids. Um, you know, maybe he's never been married. He probably knows this is his one shot and he's not going to fuck around. Like he's not the kind of guy who, who he's, he's pure. Like he, he he's pure to his intentions. He's going to, he, he's, he's going to do it. He's going to go find her. I, I think so. I, I hope you're right. I, I, I felt a little melancholy at the end of the movie. I'm like, oh yeah. Uh, I, I mean, you want to see it. I don't think it happens. You want to see it. So I, I, I think it happens. He has to, he's got to know this is his shot. This is one shot. You Great soundtrack it. movie too, by the way. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Um, one more thing is that yeah, Odell yeah. scene, um, in the car with Lewis. <laughs> I love that. He has to think oh, that so he good. leans over. He's trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. What the hell just all happened. And that plot was so simple and brilliant. Oh, so great. It just, just a double swap. Yep. And like just a little bit of sleight Switch of hand. Back. Beautiful. Um, and he's like, he's trying to figure it out. He's trying to figure it out. And he's got his head, his hand in his head. Like you, you, no one would know immediately. No, no one would know. You'd but have to think Hollywood about it. That they would. Right. But this movie is such a mature movie. Yeah. And I love that Tarantino and the movie gives him time to think. I mean, that's why you have, yeah, it's a two thirty two running time. I get it. But to have a time where you have a character who can just sit and think for a fucking second. And he has to. Like, and he and has I, to. I, and I love it because it's not, bo- it's not boring it's not either. Boring you're, like, you're the edge of your seat. What the fuck is he going to do? What the fuck is he going to do? And, and Samuel Jackson is so like He's such, he's so good in this. Yeah, he's, he's and, great. And he's just like, he's, and, and so is, honestly, in a weak year, De Niro gets a nomination for sporting. This, this, this. Stacked cast. This movie, like, we'll go to the movie yeah. in a second. This year is stacked and it's and and uh, Laura asked me it's like why is it why are these movies like what is about this time is it just kind of luck I, I said I don't think so you know with Pulp Fiction comes the real increase in independent cinema yep. and this is a time when directors became the stars again right and the studios gave them a lot more freedom a lot more flexibility 
And the same thing happened in the 70s. You know, you had, you know, Godfather and you have Jaws and you have, sure. you know, the directors, you know, Spielberg and, and Coppola and um, Scorsese with Mean Streets. And you have, you know, the directors kind of became the star. And then it all got fucked up with Heaven's Gate right. uh, by Michael Cimino. And that ruined that. I mean, it put a studio in bankruptcy and then the studios wanted power again. But for a time, they were make, if you just leave directors alone, they'll make great movies. Yeah. And it happened again in the 90s. You know, the budgets weren't huge in these movies. The studios, especially, hey, Harvey Weinstein, again, we talked about Good Will Hunting, without Harvey Weinstein's movie never gets made. Right. Because Tarantino never becomes a thing. So, I mean, Harvey Weinstein. Piece of shit. Horrible human. Despicable human. He was very good in the 90s about letting the directors just kind of run the show. A terrible man. You know, even he wasn't even, you could even say he's a terrible producer, obviously, because he blackballed some great actresses yeah including tarantino's girlfriend mia sorino that's right so like that's all real that all happened for sure but from a strictly speaking a movie producer to director relationship he got the fuck out of the way and allowed these guys to make these movies and it was guys and we see what happened he didn't have a lot of women directors which is a which is a black mark on him for sure um but they you know paul thomas anderson boogie nights right same year goodwill hunting um and, and this, I mean, direct, you know, the directors were able to make movies without having producers in their way. That's right. And that's why in the late nineties was such a great time for movies. And that's why now we'll go, we'll go through. Not so much. Oh, the last decade has been the worst decade of my life. It is the worst decade. The 2010s is the worst decade for film since the sixties and the sixties mm. were bad because you had censorship. Right. This is the absolute worst uh, the only maybe shining light is 2019 was a great movie year. Yeah. But other than that, it was all Marvel movies and star Wars event movies. And the, they didn't want to release any budgets and they it was awful. Yeah. I mean, as horrible as the pandemic is, the only thing I'm hoping for is it gives, it shrinks budgets down where they actually have to have great scripts again yeah. because an IP is not enough. I hope we'll see, but th- this is not good. Eventually times. it always comes around. It does. It, it, it happened has, in the seventies. Cause people are going to want it. Right. People will want it. Yes. So you're going to get, you get sick of the, seeing the same thing over and over and over. We've seen the same big budget, huge action, right. you know, films for the last yeah decade. The last decade. So you get tired of that. Yes. You want to see something different. I, I hope so. That that it always happens. That always happens. You get you get bored. Ninety seven, one of the great movies. So let's go through our top. So Matt. So I kind of ran through this in a previous episode where I kind of ran through my favorite movies of the nineties. Yeah. Uh, Ninety seven rather. But I want to do a real list, and I actually have. I, I'm glad we did because I, I got some different ones on here. I found this really hard because really hard. well, part of it is is it's hard because there's a lot of great films, but part of it is I haven't seen a lot of these films in a while. So there, I think there's some that are not on my list that they probably should be, but I just haven't seen them in forever that I don't remember. We've seen a lot of them though for the show. We have, yeah. Well, yeah, yep, we have. That's why I thought it'd be a good time to do it. Well, um, yeah. yep. Do you have any honorable mentions? Donnie Brasco, Gattaca. Oh, uh, I have the Rainmaker <laughs> and Private Parts. I forgot about private parts. Yeah, private that was 97. Yeah. But I, I saw it when it came out and I, no, I don't remember. I mean, I remember it, but I don't remember. Rainmaker is very good. Uh, France Ford Coppola movie. I'm guessing it's not on your list. It's not. I think it's um, pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, Danny Vito is very good in it. Um, if in a, in a week year, he's against a nomination. Yeah. Uh, That's Matt Damon's Damon, in it. Yeah, yeah. It came out about six weeks. Oh, I'm sorry. About three weeks before uh, Good Will Hunting. Right. Uh, so this was the first time people saw him in a leading role. Yeah. Um, and this is the movie that we talked about earlier. kind of spearheaded Good Will Hunting to get made. Um, what's your number 10 gross point blank? Oh, okay. That's my number six. Um, we talked about it in the show. Uh, obviously if you're a Patreon, you've heard it, but, uh, great movie. Yeah. Great one. My number 10. Yep. Titanic. Not in my top 10. No, we, we know can go fuck itself. Yes, <laughs> what's your, what's your number nine? Uh, as good as it gets. Didn't make my list. That's too bad. It's a really great film. It's 
It's not really great. It is really great. It's not. It's, it's a great it's film. It's okay to good. I, I wouldn't mind seeing it again. Uh, actually, you know, man, Nicholson and Hunt are great. What's that? Nicholson and Hunt are great. Um, Kinnear is better than Hunt. And I think Kinnear is very good too. Uh, Nicholson's always, you know, except for Departed is always great. Um, we, if you look at this week, this week in particular, I mean, you could have done a, a second set of shows right. with As Good As It Gets, Wag the Dog, and I'm forgetting one more. Uh, Contact maybe? Nope. What was that? What else? I we, oh, yeah, something else. Uh, but yeah, but like th- this week is so stacked yeah. for movies. There was so much to choose from. You're like, holy shit. I mean, this goes back to the strength of 97. Oh, we are. We're, so we are in 98, of course, but we're in January 98, so we're talking 97 movies. Yeah, of Which course. Which would have I mean, hit the right. Academy We're kind of doing a recap of, right. ni- of 97. You know, yeah, that's right. We're in January 4 through 10 of 98, but at this moment in time, only one movie was in the th- movie theaters from 1998, and it was a movie called Firestorm. Right. With Howie Long, the NFL football <laughs> player, is the lead as a fireman. So that did not make anyone stop the list. No. Uh, you're eight or you're nine. My nine is LA Confidential. That's way too low for that film, but that's okay. And you might be right. Uh, let me just give a quick caveat on this. So this mm. is my little asterisk. I haven't seen LA Confidential uh, in this century. So I could be missing the boat here. I'm going by how it was when I saw it. Mm. I would, oh, that might have been the other movie on this, on that we could have done. That would be a movie I would love to go back and watch. Yeah. I, so so I, I look I, forward I, to that. if you want to beat me up for that, that's fine. But that's uh, how I remember. Eight for me? Yeah. Contact. Okay, that's my number seven. That's a great film. Great film. Uh, Jody Foster's brilliant. Robert Zemeckis. Um, the first two acts are fantastic. The third yeah. act, it loses me. Um, but it is just brilliant filmmaking. That first act especially is really good. McConaughey, woefully miscast. You think so? I thought it was pretty good. I can't, but I know, I don't remember. Plays, yeah, it does. It does a great, he's oh, like a preacher. Yeah, that's right. He's a preacher. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the first act in particular is, is, is just exceptional. It's like pitch perfect filmmaking. It's really good. They get radio signals from space. Yep. It's just the way it's the way it's done, the way you kind of figure it out with her and Jodie Foster. I don't care about she's great in text driver. She's great in the accused. You could make a case she's never better than in she's in contact. She's phenomenal in contact. Uh, uh my number eight? Yep. Uh Copland. It's on my list. That's too low. Oh, where do you have it? Uh or do you want to say it later? I'll say it later. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh what's your number seven? Lost Highway. Yeah. Yeah, I don't That's know. my favorite of his films. Okay. That one hits it for me. It is. I, th- I find that his, that's his masterpiece. We haven't hit any David Lynch's yet. I'm no, not, we haven't. I'm not a David Lynch guy. I want to like him more than I do. Um, but I really don't. Some of his early films are, are just like people. I don't know. Pe- friends of ours really like him. It's, yes. it's too, just doesn't make a lot of sense. Too sometimes dream too dreamy um, Mulholland and, and the same thing. So he followed this up with Mulholland drive. I don't like that film really. But Lost Highway is the one for me. I the only one I actually saw that I liked was the Straight Story. Oh, the Straight Story is really good. good. Not at all a Lynch film, though. No, it's not. Like it's very against type for him. Yep. Um, which kind of then bums me out because like, oh, he could have probably done more movies like this. Yeah, that's a great one. These weird dream things. Um, my seven is Contact. Okay, six. Good. Uh, The Game. Okay. Uh, I have that a little higher. Yeah. I Uh, mean, that's a great. It's yeah. Yeah. My six is Gross Point Blank. Yep. What's your five? Um, now we're in Copland. Okay. Uh, Stallone. Fucking awesome. Unbelievable performance. This movie has some problems in that second act, I think, right? First act's really good. Third act's really good. The second act has some, some issues. It just kind of like, it doesn't really know where it wants to go. Um, I, I, it's a, it's great cast. Another huge cast. cast. Hey, Stallone not get nominated. Another supporting actor. This might have been He's the awesome. best year for supporting actors. Yeah, uh, Come at me if you disagree, because I would love to hear if anyone has a better year for supporting actors. I mean, we just named a million of them. We talked about it on the last, was the last Patreon with Rocky 3 that I, I undervalue 
Stallone. Yes. And I think most of Hollywood probably does too. He's fucking awesome. He's so good in this. Uh, Ray Liotta is very good in this oh, as well. Oh, yeah. Um, a really fun cast. Yeah. Um, just some issues with that second act for me. Is that a Mangold film too? Yeah, it is. I really like yep. it. Yeah. You were big, you're a bigger yeah, Mangold I, fan I, than I am. Yeah. Didn't like Ford versus Ferrari, by the way. I okay. liked it. Yeah, okay. it's good. Uh, the third act though was still on, which at the very, very end is just, it's just uh, pitch perfect film. You have to see Logan. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I'm not, I'm not against that. Uh, my number five, uh, was on your honor mention is uh, Donnie Brasco. Okay. Good film. Really good film. But it, it also suffered from the fact that I probably haven't seen that this decade. So, okay. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great, it's a borderline great movie for me. Um, it's right on that fence. Um, Depp is so good. Pacino. So good. Yeah. Pacino did it. Well, I shouldn't say it. so, but think about 97. You got Pacino and De Niro, right? Both. I'm sorry. You have Hoffman and De Niro both in Wag the Dog. Oh yeah. You have Pacino in this, you know, you have uh, De Niro in Jackie Brown. They find, they found a fun niche of like supporting actor roles. They did. And then they both kind of got, got a, although Pacino actually did a better job with it, but De Niro really got away from it in the 2000s. That first decade, because then he goes back to doing the comedies and leading roles yes. again. It's like, what are you doing, man? Like, that's yeah. just a nice niche here. Because you even think about a year before De Niro's in Sleepers. Uh, oh, that's right. You know, yeah. I know a year later, Pacino has a lead in uh, um, uh, the football movie, uh, Any Given Sunday. Oh, Any Given Sunday. And he's good in that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think Pacino and De Niro had a, kind of a nice niche here that late 90s. Could have stuck with it. And then they kind of both, I feel like, kind of like, especially De Niro kind of lost his way the next day. Yeah, I did. Uh, number four. Boogie Nights. Oh, that's my number three. Okay. okay. Uh, we're obviously in the, in the Patreon. Yep. Um, is, okay, so how many of these movies are great movies for you then? Great movies for you. Are all of them great movies? Some of them? All of um, I'm, you're gonna You won't like this, but I, maybe not gross point blank, but close. I like, I like gross point blank. Point a blank lot. Is not a great movie. I think it's very good, but I think as good as it gets contact. I think the, all those up are great movies. All right. I'm a little, I think I've got a little higher standard than you on the great movie. Thing. Whatever. Uh, okay. My number four is the game. Okay. I'm yeah. I just did a rewatch of it a few months ago. Uh, it really holds up. I saw it a bunch of times. Yeah. Probably right after it came out and then I haven't seen it forever. It's Fincher film. And Fincher is, yeah. um, Michael one, Douglas is fucking Michael awesome. Douglas. Sean, Sean Penn, Penn's once awesome. again, supporting actor guy yeah. who could have been nomination. Uh, d- d- really good performances. Michael Douglas, Michael Douglas should have got an, an OE actor nominated. He's very good in this. Very good. Um, Fincher should have been considered for a director. Uh, this would have, like I said, we're now in top five. So we're talking about movies that I would have had as, as my Oscar nominees. Yeah. Um, this movie is, is quite good. I don't know if I'd call it great. It's, it's very good. My word, I, I'm not, I don't use that word often, I guess. So, this is a very, very, very good movie for me. Um, sure. Uh, Wait, are you not giving game. this, are you not putting this in the A sphere though? Are you putting this in the B plus sphere? I guess A minus. Yeah, but that's, so that's game. still, I think if you're in A, you're in great. Yeah. I mean. I, I guess I do it in kind of tiers for yeah. me and this is just at the top of that lower tier. Uh, what's your number three? LA Confidential. Okay. Yeah. It, what, what about it do you love so much? It's an amazing cast. It is amazing cast. Great acting. I love the pacing of that film. I also love the good, like, just this, this, the pull between good and bad. Um, it's a huge cast. I mean, it's, I love the way it's shot in LA at that time. Yeah. I, like I that think it's, too. it's a really great film. Um, yeah. Have you seen Chinatown? Oh yeah. Uh, in film class and probably yeah. sense. Yeah. Same time period. Also LA. Yep. Um, that's a neat time in LA for me. Like I, I like, it's or, a really interesting. Yeah. Time. It's really interesting. Like post-war still a little wild west. Yeah, ish. Um, but oh, still, you get some of the glamour. Yeah, from Hollywood. It's really interesting it's, it's time. Neat time. Um, 
So, this, so now we're in the top three. And these three movies I consider great. These are Hall of Fame movies to me. Yep. Um, my number three is Boogie Nights. No argument there. So what's your number two? Goodwill Hunting. Okay. Mine is Jackie Brown. Yep. And I'm sure we'll probably flop those, right? So number one for me is Jackie Brown. You, so Jackie, you do like Jackie Brown more than Goodwill Hunting. I right? do. Yeah, this, this uh, okay. slots above. Um, I think that might be four on my list now. This will slot to, into four. I don't know if it's... We'll see about Road to Perdition. I got to think about it. I fucking love that film. One I, more very uh, quick game. Very quick game here. That's uh, tough one. Before we get into the song. Yeah. So we didn't do this. Uh, I forgot last time. We do our best picture greater than less than. Oh, okay. Uh, so Titanic. Oh, it, we just did it. We just did Titanic. So I'm going to read you through our other, the other best picture movies we've covered. Oh, and say which one. And you tell it? if it's greater than or okay. less than. Um, so it's Titanic or, or Silence of the Lambs. Which, oh, Silence of the Lambs. Right. Yeah. Titanic or Argo. Argo. Titanic or Departed? Departed. I agree, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Titanic or No Country for All Men? No Country for All Men. Yeah. Titanic or Rain Man? Rain Man. I agree. Titanic or Unforgiven? Unforgiven. I agree. <laughs> Titanic or Forrest Gump? Oh, um, oh. Fuck. They both, they're like, they're like even Steven to me. They both have their flaws. Gotta pick one. Fuck. Um, I pick Titanic. Forrest Gump. Oh, no, come on. Do I have to be on your side? No. Yeah, I, 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 so we've now covered eight best picture movies. So you say Titanic is the is eight probably eight the worst. Yeah, I mean Oof. between I'd that say or seven debate. Well, I'm it's pretty close. Those and two. I, like, I actually like Titanic. I know. I, I think we've covered quite a few. Titanic. You know, Forrest Gump could drop further. We could do more best pictures. I probably can see Forrest will. Gump keep dropping. Yeah, Titanic is, is pretty good. Uh, <sighs> I mean, I give it. We talked about it, but I you know I give it a lot of respect for the oh, for the visuals. That's disappointing. To you. Is it yeah, the bit. script blows? The visuals yeah. are great. But there are other. You have Forrest Gump meeting all these famous people. I know stupid I know. things. But he's he runs he runs the across the country like four times for no reason. <laughs> not, not very. But good. he does a good job. So so does the acting. Yeah, I suppose. Who's better? So you think Leo is better in Titanic than uh, Hanks is in Forrest Gump? I say no. I say no. Right. I no. will say though. Yeah. Uh, well, Hanks has those two great scenes. DiCaprio is very good. DiCaprio is like a steady Eddie in this. He is. is. Yeah, no, he's, he's not really bad. Good. He is really good. I just think he's young. I think Winslet's he's... better than anybody. Oh, no, I should have said Gary Sinise mm, is so good. Yeah, Gary's Gary better. Gary Sinise is better than, than anyone in... Yes. But I have bigger, much bigger issues and problems. Plus, I don't like how I'm being manipulated in Forrest Gump. For, I really don't like Forrest Gump. I hear you. I, I, I Forrest hear you. Gump has some issues. With yeah, no, I, I don't... You, I All understand right. the argument here. So we agree our top six. We just have some differences in the seven. Yeah. Eight. All right. Well, Stacked movie year, though. All right. Well, there's a lot of talking about movies. Yeah, well... So, what, you there know, you go. There you go, Patreon people. We're here all night, motherfucker. That's right. Uh, smack my bitch up. So I have a uh, warm place in my cold, cold heart for Prodigy. How do you feel about them? Yeah, I kind of do too. So I have this tape. Yep. Um, and it's funny. We, we talked about this movie in this week. I guarantee you, I would bet good money that this week I was listening to this tape probably my, and it was right alongside uh okay computer oh yeah you know like on my little in my Ford tempo with the caved in uh trunk uh it had I had all of these these tapes there do you know they were both nominated for alternative album of the year oh really yeah and okay computer won of course um but this was in, the, in the nomination to. yeah oh yeah, well, yeah there's, there's in, no comparison in between the two, but this is a very good album. Very interesting. And yeah. very good writing and interesting and fun and fun to listen to. Not and, my favorite song on the album, though. 
Um, I thought it was, but then I went back and listened and no, it's not. I like Breathe better. Me too. Yeah. I've always been a fan of Breathe. Uh, that, more, that's a great but song. I like this better than Firestarter. I like this better than Firestarter. Okay, so yeah, I think we're in the same same thing. So Did you listen to this a lot when you were yeah. like this age? Like yeah. this time? Because this shit came out. Well, I think Firestarter was probably, well, Firestarter yes. hits 30. Um, this hits 89 on the, on the Hot 100. I really wanted to talk about it just because of there's some, you know, some of the controversy around it yeah. and other stuff. So I definitely picked it and we may hit the Prodigy again with Firestarter. That charted at 30. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not. That charted at 30. This one's more interesting to me, but it charted at 89. This one's more interesting to me too. Yeah, exactly. Um, that So Firestarter, it's not a bad, like the video's cool. They do cool videos. Um, the video's the cool. The video for this is the most fascinating part of the song. It, it, that's exactly, yeah, we'll yeah. get there. So, um, but I, yeah, so I, we heard Firestarter on the radio a lot more. Yes, we did. So when I had, and when first. I heard this, I, I think probably because I had the CD and I was like, oh, this is a cool one. Me too. And Breathe, Breathe charted too. Breathe, Breathe was yeah. out there. That was definitely played on the radio, BCN and stuff yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, um, FNX. And FNX. Thank yep. Yeah. Then. Yeah, they, just, they were up and running by then. So we, you know, you, you, they were there, but you heard Firestarter a lot more. And the problem was, so we'll get into the video. Um, Firestarter, they could actually play that video on yes. MTV, where, whereas <laughs> Smack My Bitch Up, they couldn't. Oh, they did. I love it. They tried, and then there was a lot of complaints. Yes. And so they pulled it. Even in Britain, um, they, they pulled it too. Britain... This hit number one on the Britain charts, and they couldn't they couldn't play this video. I saw the video on MTV. I'm trying to remember. I couldn't believe it. I I remember where I was. When was I saw it, it like full nudity? You saw? Oh yeah, on MTV. Like, I can't believe they're showing this. It, it wasn't the full like sex scene, but they showed like tits and stuff on it. Wow. And it was. Uh, and I'm like, I, I remember saying, I'm like, I can't believe they're showing this on MTV. This is crazy. Wow. All right. Well, let's talk about the video then, because that is really interesting. So really interesting. Um, it's a first person view of someone who's about to go out clubbing for the night. And so you see them, I think, sort of wake up and they look in the mirror. Maybe they brush their teeth. They Put take a shower. On. They take a poop. Yeah. <laughs> like all of that stuff. Um, get ready. Go out. Go to bars. Take drugs. And yes. it's all first person. It's a really, it's really well done. Like I have a, it's, it's striking and horrifying um, in some way because you see them. The, it's the, the, absolutely the, horrifying. Horrifying because you see the person like hit people this and person, grope the, the people. The person you're like, you're like, you're working the first person through is a complete monster. Yeah, this is not a good person. This is, by the way, this is the wildest video ever. It has to be. This is the wildest video it has I've ever be. seen. It has you to can be. see it is on Vimeo. Yeah, I found it's it too a few places. It's too Yeah, I guess. Uh, you have to, you can watch it on Vimeo, but uh, um, I'm going to tweet it out actually because I, I, I have a, it is, I don't like to it. If you're younger, you've never seen it. This is fucking insane. This is the craziest video I've ever seen. So you have to give it a lot of credit. Like no yeah. one, who was doing this type of, no one was doing this type of, the first person view is so striking. And it's before all the video games. It's yes. before Grand Theft Auto. Right. It's before a lot of these video games. So this was a really innovative thing. To watch it now, you feel like you're watching a video game, but imagine there hadn't been the video games yet. So when you're watching, I remember wa- where I was when I was watching this, before the internet was yeah. like, had vi- tons of videos. So I had to watch it on MTV and they made a big deal about showing it. That's why I watched it that night. You see first person falling downstairs. Yes. Like it is, absolutely nuts. You see, and, you see the first person get punched a few times. Right, that's right. I mean, you see groping women and like, it is, it, it's shocking. Uh, puking, right, exactly. Puking. Right, puking, taking drugs and puking a couple times at night, puking yeah. before, th- and then having hardcore sex. Yes. <laughs> Basically. Yes. Uh, so, and then there's a, a twist at the end. I don't want to give it any away. I guess now, if you haven't seen it, go well, check should, it out. Mm, you should, should, okay, yeah, I think it, so right. because it matters. It matters. So they, so what ended up happening was um, there was a lot of backlash from feminist organizations because you see the protagonist, you see the first person, the first person view striking women and groping women. But at the end, um, you see the shot of the person looking into the mirror at themselves and it is a woman. Yes. So that, 
I would, I would never. Total mind fuck. Total mind fuck. You totally the like guy that the whole dude, time. This and fucking it's just disgusting blonde dude. woman. Yes. Yeah. Like, I think kind of relatively attractive, yes. like blonde woman. Yeah. Yes. Who does it? And it's like, holy shit. Yes. Um. So there was such an uproar. MTV pulled it. BBC pulled it. BBC pulled. Uh, MTV pulled it, and it still got nominated for four MTV Music Awards. <laughs> this is fucking crazy. It's a great video. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's it a is. disturbing video for sure. It's yes. very, it's very disturbing, but it, it's a brilliantly made thing. Yes. It's a brilliant format. But then also you listen. So there are very little lyrics <laughs> to the song, right? It's change my pitch up, smack my bitch up. That's it. It's a lot of uh, instrumental. And then, you know, that phrase over and over, which we'll look into the sample from that for that too, in a, in a moment. But but you take that idea of smack my bitch up. If you're a feminist organization, I could see where you would say, okay, you've got this, you know, beating the shit out of women, like gross sex, you know, that plus those lyrics. Of course, this is, uh, you, you know, misogynistic. Right. But that's not what this means either. Smack my bitch up is just this idea that we're going to hit something hard, not like hit a person hard, but like, we're going to do this to the bit, you know, we're going to go all out on this one. That's right. what it means. But I could see uh, from a, you know, from their standpoint, you're looking at the video and then singing the song and being like, this song is like fucking like aggressive male, you know, hedonistic, misogynistic, disgusting people. Yes. You can see that, but I didn't, but on, I don't, but I, on the flip side though. Yeah. I don't know if I agree with this or not. I probably disagree with it, but uh, devil's advocate for a second. Sure. So, you know, yes, me and you understand it. And I'm sure our audience is, 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 understands all right okay they can look at the depths of the, of the song yeah but if yours is some like jamoke like i knew guys who were 18 when the song came out who would think of it in those terms like they didn't really smack my look bitch at up. the depth Ugh. of the song they're like this song you know and think you know and they, and they think that's funny <laughs> yeah i mean to you know right that, which is why i can understand if feminist organizations feel the same right. way i just think if you if you have a little bit you know if you take slightly a better view of people. And even if you listen to, to the artists themselves talk about it, they're like, that's not what this means. Right. The artists seem to have a lot more depth than, than you might think. Right. Yeah. That's, and it makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Right. Cause if, okay. So if you look at the lead, the lead singer, right. Um, is, um, okay. So there's three, so it's Liam Howlett is the producer who does all the music stuff. And then it's two lead vocalists. They don't really do a lot, but Maxim Realty, and Keith Flint, who's yes. the guy That's the that you picture. He's the fire starter guy Point with crazy hairs, hair, yeah. piercings everywhere. Scary. Totally scary. Yeah. I guess he's a sweetheart. But I uh, guess he's a very nice guy too. <laughs> uh, but he he was one of the scariest people in the Scary. 90s. That, I, like absolutely. Like, vivid yes. images of him in Firestarter. He looks like, a, looked like a maniac. He looks like a complete maniac. And that's what, so he was, a, he was originally a dancer for the band. So he was just upstage, like on stage providing energy for the band. But then he was like, oh, I'll do some seems like he had some problems because he's, he's he, I, he was depressed. He killed himself. Killed he hung himself. himself I yeah. think so he had substance abuse problems, but he loved animals. Seems like, you know, everyone's like a really nice, like a yeah. kind man, a yeah. sweet man. Just had is, a lot of demons. Must have been very odd because I only see him as this hyper crazy guy. Yes. Yeah. Totally crazy. But so you, so you see that guy. Yes. <laughs> right. And you see this video and you hear the lyrics of the song and you're like, Ugh these guys are probably, these guys are advocating. This is like gangster rap advocation of objectifying and beating up women. But I, but you take a, take a look a layer down and that's not the case. Right. It's just not the case. So I, I really like the song. Like I really, I mean, I'll sing along to smack my bitch up. It's a great song. Uh, oh, it's a great, it's a very good song. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, very good song. It's a very good song. Um, I like breathing more. Um, me too. But I mean, I heard this and I was enjoying, like, 
yes, the lyrics are incredibly simplistic, but that's kind of what this genre of music is. It's not really a lyrics. No, it's so a dance. Yeah. It's, it's a dance. Yeah. It's uh, a dance song. Yeah. And as far as dance songs go, it's hard to find one that's a ton better than this. No, particularly at this time. It was like, you know, th- this time period where it's, uh, I think it's like the breakbeat style, sort of uh, like. big beat, kind of more aggressive like dance Chemical style. Brothers. Yep. Chemical Brothers, Fatboy Slim. Yep. Prodigy, uh, prodigies. Like it's a this. Moby stuff, which is a little bit softer. Yeah. Uh, some Dust Brothers stuff. Definitely. But um, more aggressive yeah. dance. But um, I like that Chemical Brothers slash Prodigy sound a lot. Actually. Me too. Yeah. So if you, so in the, that context of what was happening, like this is really well-made stuff. Um, or at I, least I did. I, I, so I, would, I wouldn't, so yeah. would you listen to this? I wouldn't listen to this now. I liked listening to Breathe today. Yeah. But would you like, probably wouldn't like, like jam like, it out in the car. I'm listening more to like, I mean, I'm old. So like, you know, I'm 41. So I'm listening to like a lot more like singer songwriters. Me too. Like I'm much more likely to throw on a Fleetwood Mac album. Than oh I, yeah. Than I am a prodigy album. I probably won't. But when I yeah. was 18, that was not the case. Agreed. And that's okay too. But like, I, like I, like I was fun. It was really fun. Like reminiscing and listening to this. You know, Absolutely. It's a nostalgia podcast. Like I get it, you know, but like, I'm not going to like revisit that album anytime soon. Like, yeah, yeah, I once we're done recording, like I, mean, I might listen again, maybe like, but like, I'm not gonna, but like I was, I've been listening to like Elliot Smith all week because of the Goodwill Hunting app. You know right. what I mean? So yeah, like, that I, I'll revisit. There are plenty of things that I'll listen ahead of this. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't but know in, that I'll get to this. When we were 18, 19, we probably listened to this a lot. Yeah, like. I did. And, enjoyed and it's it. good. And I enjoyed it. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I do want to take through some of the samples, um, but there's not too much more that I have on this. But so this is the, um, this is the sample. Change my pitch up. Smack my bitch up. I just want to play change for you my pitch up. Smack my bitch up. So change my pitch up, smack my bitch up. Hear how that like rhythmically is yeah. versus what he's, what they do with it. Or not, I guess. Ah, fucking dumb. So you got change my pitch up, smack my hint. Uh, versus change my pitch up, smack my pitch up. up, right? Like there's the, the, yes. the reason why they were able to do that. So they affected that voice. They, so they sampled it, yeah. affected that voice, cut it up into syllables and arranged it differently. So that it was rhythmically different, hmm. which I thought was really neat. It is neat. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cause I like the, I like the finish version. Yeah. Better. That was from, um, it, I guess, but. who are the samples? That's from ultra magnetic MCs from this song called give the drummer some to just this old, like rap. Rap tune. Uh, also, you'll notice uh, where's the uh, Rage Against the Machine? Can't go wrong with that. Right. So it's one of my favorite. So they turned that into this. Really? Yeah. They just affected and flipped it around. Yeah. Was that Bulls on Parade? Yep. Wow. Yeah, so they use Bulls on Parade. Do you like uh, that this, album, Evil Empire? It's a good yeah, album, right? Yeah. Really good. I, the problem is um, I have such a political, like it's such a moral issue with them yeah. that it's hard for me to listen, but I love their music. I love their yeah, music. I can put all that aside. I will say that I don't really, another one, I don't really listen to any, like I'm not going to listen to that I now. would go back and listen to it. I'll listen to it once in a while, yeah. I guess, but not really. I don't, I, I love, like I love that tape. I always had sort of the, uh, yeah, their music is really great. Um, also, Morello is way overrated as a guitar player. He's not that good. I mean, he does some sounds and some interesting. It's kind of interesting, but he's not. He's not like that talented. Doesn't really do a lot for me. Particularly mm. when 
What did they do with us with um this next band with Morello and Soundgarden guy? Uh, um, it's not. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, I can't remember the, the name yeah. of the the band. Chris Cornell. Um, can't remember the name of the band, but even then, that he was really way more exposed there too. I was like, this. Yeah, is Yeah, I didn't like that. As much he's either. not as yeah, but uh, but no, I, I really like Rage. Anyway, it just shows they weren't a lot of you know dance bands or DJs would just take stuff straight up and use that as their sample or even rappers will just use that as their sample. Like you heard like what Puffy the, did. Puffy, yeah. With, I mean, it was slowed dance. down, yeah. but it was still less da- let's dance. It was really unaffected. Whereas this guy, um, you know, like way more creative with it. Yeah. Chopping it up, doing cool stuff with it, reversing it anyway. So I thought there was a lot of depth to the writing too. Um, but I think that's it for, uh, me and prodigy. Cool. And smack my so we are, we are back on Wednesday with back to the future and, um, dire straits money for nothing. I'm, Really excited for the episode. Uh, that'll be Wednesday. And then, you know, it is Thanksgiving next week, but we are yep. going to still have a full slate of shows. So, and Saturday of, uh, will be Huey's Big Adventure. And then for you folks, uh, the Patreon next week is Cocoon. Um, we have stacked music. Some stacked music, too. Oh, so looking forward um, to it. And then, yeah, so get thinking about any movies you want to do for the movie poll. And then, in the meantime, if you have any uh, questions or comments you want read on air, um, you can shoot us an email, uh, thequantumweek at gmail.com. That's right. And uh, we'll try this mailbag thing. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. See what happens. Yeah. Um, thank you again, guys, for Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah.